When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It's showtime. Ba-da-ba-ba. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ba-da-ba-ba. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Podcasts are the best, except for when they're not. Come to think there's really just a handful that don't suck. And that's where we come in. Podcast reviews like Hollywood Commander and Crozier. W-A-T-P. 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 Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Are These Podcasts. We listen to podcasts so that you don't have to. I'm your host, Carl. With me today, back once again, is Croge. Good morning. Croge, thanks for joining. Of course, man. Uh, I'd like to remind our listeners, you can visit us at whoarethese.com. We have a Facebook page. We're on Twitter at WhoAreThesePod. If you like what you hear, don't forget to give us a positive five-star review on iTunes. If you want us to shit on a podcast that you've uh, enjoyed recently, we're always looking for suggestions. Today we'll be reviewing a podcast called The Koch Brothers Mystery Show. Mm. This was a listener suggestion from Andrew Murphy. Croge and I have both listened to the show separately. We have not discussed it with each other beforehand. Let's get into it. Indeed. So this was a um, this is a scripted show, comedy show, about the Koch brothers. So uh, right there, you probably know it's going to be you know have a political bent to it. Yeah. The the Koch brothers are the the billionaires who do a lot of uh, super PACs and funding for uh, Republicans. And uh, this was meant to be a comedy. And I just want to ask you, did you laugh at this show at all? Uh, not really. There was one bit I kind of sort of enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed some of the premises. I thought the execution was just terrible across the board. Okay. Like, I didn't hate this podcast. Okay. But I didn't enjoy listening to it in the slightest, if that makes any sense. I'll tell you this. I wanted to like it. Yeah. I really wanted to like it. When I was listening to it for the first time, I'm going, okay, this sounds like the kind of thing that I think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized that it's not. It's not at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it had uh, it had political satire. It was uh, sort of nonpartisan, which I enjoy. You know what I mean? Like, they were ripping on any, everybody. They ripped on the Koch brothers a lot, obviously, but then yeah. they also were ripping on the Democratic mayor of Chicago. 
And I think, you know, when you're firing at all targets, I think it's it's a lot better. But again, it was like, it was this weird dichotomy of, first of all, they were trying so fucking hard. And I'm sure we both got a lot of clips that yeah. show that. And then on the other hand, they just weren't trying hard enough because none of it was <laughs> funny, you know? Let me give an example here. Um, I call this clip a spoonful of sugar. And this tries to be an educational podcast, mm-hmm. and it's it's the typical Daily Show style of education yeah. for people who can't be bored with actual shows Indeed. that give information. It has to be this, you know, the reason why I call it a spoonful of sugar is because it has to be an F-bomb in there, and then you're like, okay, I'll listen to this. Yeah. Deborah Quazzo is a managing partner on GSV Advisors, a venture capital fund that invests largely in education-based technology for charter schools. As a board member, she's voted to give over $1.3 million in contracts that have directly benefited GSV. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> yeah, so that that's what we're talking about. That's the narrator yes. of this uh, mystery show. And it's just over the top with the voice. Oh my god, yeah. And I like over the top with the voice stuff. I used to do a show with uh, Kevin. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is just ridiculous. Uh, you got an example you want to play? Uh, you know, uh, let, let's start right at the top. Okay. Uh, my clip number one is kind of the first thing you hear after the theme song. All right. Nice shot, Davey. Thanks, Chuck. Gee, why so glum, chum? Sigh. It's just, well, Chuck, making a game-winning shot over our personal gimp and assistant, television's Kevin Sorbo, just isn't the same. Sorbo, Sorbo, Sorbo. He didn't mean it, television's Kevin Sorbo. So... Let's talk about the acting there, first of all. Okay. I mean, I, I realize they're going for something like verbalizing the word sigh, but mm. holy shit, it's, it's, it's distracting. It's tough to listen to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just so over the fucking top. And then I, I really don't get the Kevin Sorbo thing. I mean, it's, it's 1997 again. We're, we're supposed to remember who the fuck Kevin Sorbo is, and he only speaks in... Television's <sighs> Kevin Sorbo, when they said that, <clears throat> you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of South Park. And going back to the very first season, they had this Scuzzlebutt character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Scuzzlebutt had TV's Patrick Duffy as a leg. <laughs> you know, that was the joke. Yeah. And what I realized about this show is that there's so much ripping off of South Park. Yeah. And I that's why that. I wanted to like it, because I like South Park. Yeah. But they don't really pull it off. Let me play you an example of what I'm talking about beyond just the... Hey, it's television's Kevin Sorbo as if, like, that's a joke yeah. in and of itself, just to say that. Uh, here's another example. Something's definitely fishy here. It could easily be a liberal trap set for us. Or a clue. A clue that would turn this Koch Brothers adventure into a full-blown Koch Brothers mystery. Okay. That right there, if you've ever seen the South Park episode where they have the Hardy Boys, let me play you a clip from South Park. And tell me if this isn't completely ripped off. Hmm. Who would benefit most from two buildings disappearing? Ooh. Oh, I just started getting a clue. Really? Yeah, I'm totally getting a clue. Oh. Oh, that's giving me a clue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've got a raging clue right now. Mine's pointing to the left. Oh, oh Frank, seriously? I have such a raging clue right now? I think we better follow <laughs> it. Okay, let's follow your raging clue. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So... You got the clue thing, you got the way these guys are overacting and all that kind of stuff, but then 
this takes it to the point where I'm like, okay, this is definitely because that that South Park episode came out way before this podcast. Yeah. Right? So here's an example of a total South Park ripoff, and this also is an example of what you were talking about, where they verbalize things that are happening. Yeah. Wow, you've been handed everything, just like us. Erection, 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 erection. Yeah. So that's exactly what we're talking about, and it's there. The style of comedy here is, in my opinion, yeah. This. Overly unfunny to the point that it's funny. Yeah. Like ham-handed. And I think that that can, that can take place. South Park pulls that off. Yeah. But you have to earn it first. You have to prove that you're funny. And then you can be the, this is so ridiculous that it's funny. This yeah. is just ridiculous. They just skipped a step and went right to, yeah, isn't this crazy and, and hilarious because it's so not funny? It's like, no, it's just not funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. jokes are not funny. Um, the acting is Awful. The one thing, the production is actually really good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they did a nice job on well, that. And, and there's there's a whole group of writers. Like, it's really, it's it's chocked full of, like, sort of one-liners and sort of wordplay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for every minute, there's 45 seconds of, quote, jokes, unquote. But right. none of them are that good. None of them land. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about how they try to mix... Uh, kind of like like a, it struck me as sort of a John Oliver style or Daily Show style where they're trying yep. to do comedy but mix in a fact. Oh, so here's yeah. number two. Here's our first solid gold fact that we learn. My scoring record at MIT is as good as gone. That's the sound of a Koch brother's solid gold fact. Each time you hear it, you'll know you heard an actual 100% true fact, just like this. During his three years on the MIT basketball team, David Koch averaged 21 points per game, a school record that still stands today. True fact away! All right. Who the fuck cares? You know yeah. what I'm saying? I oh, mean, I know. I... even if you like or dislike or are enraged by the Koch brothers, we care about their high school basketball records. Well, I... No, you don't. And they actually have to shoehorn in a bunch of basketball jokes throughout this entire episode. Yeah. Uh, they never heard of Michael Jordan because he's a black guy. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly how that works. Yeah. Um, but the true fact thing, when I heard that, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, this is going to get preachy. Because I, I know what you're saying where they're, they're ripping on the Koch brothers, they're ripping on Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, yeah. But they definitely have an agenda. Sure. They yeah, yeah. are definitely, this is propaganda to the nth degree. And they have an agenda they're pushing through. And they're, they're throwing out F-bombs to make it seem like it's just a fun time. Like, this is what I'm talking about. You have these writers, and their whole goal is to push this premise or this narrative mm. that Rahm Emanuel is a piece of shit. Okay. Okay, I think that's what we learned from this, right? But this is how they work in jokes to make it entertaining for us dummies who can't listen to just, you know, actual news and facts. Yeah. Rahm Emanuel? What the Rahm Emanuel fuck? What does that even mean? That's a great question. That, actually, I, that's the, probably the clip that sums up the show for me. Yeah. Rahm yeah, Emanuel? Yeah. What the Rahm Emanuel fuck? That's not a joke. That's not a good wordplay. That's not it's, funny. It's kind of nothing. It's nothing. And they break into that sing-songy unison thing like once yes. a minute, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. like it could have been cute, but it was kind of weird. Yeah. So let's talk about the plot of this episode. Oh, all right. Uh, number three is what starts the plot in motion. Sorbo, Sorbo? Sorbcago? What? No, Davey. 
Chicago. Chicago. Chiberia. Chirac. Miss Chigon. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Hot Town Summer in the Chitty. No way. It's too cold and dangerous and l l l liberal. Good yeah. Lord. I, I know. So I pulled that same quick. The l l l liberal. <laughs> Well, that I that I did get a chuckle of. I, well, because I have friends on on Facebook and relatives who are, uh, uh, you know, oh my God, California, oh my God, liberals, like it's yeah. it's this crazy boogeyman, <laughs> right, right, right. And they're they're like, you know, they look at this little five percent of the population and they're like, everybody who voted for Clinton thinks this exact same way and is a lazy whatever. It's, it's like a whole, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's it's just, a, it's just and Facebook is a wasteland. It's it's not fun to be out there anymore. Oh, of course, but it's it's the the boogeyman thing. Mm-hmm. So I I almost, I give them a, a inkling of credit. Oh, I give right. them like two cents of credit on that one. But the rest of that, it's just fucking garbage. And this yes. whole thing where like we're gonna have a, a list of like I don't know if you'd call those puns or all the nicknames. I don't even know what to call that because it's awful. It's filler, is what you call that. Yeah, and so that starts <laughs> off our adventure. Okay, where uh, our heroes, the Koch brothers, then decide to go to Chicago. And if you play number four, we're gonna learn how they get there. To the Koch brothers' amphibious tank. It's the Coke Brothers Amphibious Tank. It's an amphibious tank with the Coke Brothers. Okay. I don't even know what the fuck is going on at this point. No, <laughs> that, that part is very confusing. And I should mention that the person who wrote in, and let me read you the email that, uh, that he sent us, because... He says, uh, hey, guys, I just started listening to the show about a month ago, and I like what I hear. I do disagree on a few podcasts, um, but to each his own. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to disagree on this one, too. Uh, so he says, uh, it's a great show, and I have a suggestion for you, the Koch Brothers Mystery Show. If you would do one of the first podcasts, I'm curious on what you guys will say about it. I loved it and thought it was hilarious. I think you'll enjoy tearing into it and getting clips from it. So... He asked us to do one of the first... There's a bunch of episodes of this show. Yeah. We did episode three. Yes. So I just as instructed, we did one of the early shows. I didn't want it to be the very first one, but I didn't want it to be, you know, too far down the line if it, if it did quality does taper off or anything like that. Yeah. So maybe oh. this amphibious... Amphib- <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce this word. The amphibious vehicle thing uh, was already introduced because it makes zero sense. Yeah. I, I mean... I thought it was just an excuse to play that jingle again. You know what I mean? Like it, the the unison sing songy thing just keeps coming up over and over again. All right, and for no fucking reason. Let's talk about the jingle. So, the show starts off, and that's like their theme song. Yeah, and then they sing it a bunch more times. And I have this kind of uh, compiled here. It's the Coke Brothers Mystery Show. It's the Mystery Show with the Coke Brothers. It's the Coke Brothers Amphibious Tank. It's an amphibious tank with the Coke Brothers. It's a Coke Brothers brace for impact. It's a brace for impact with the... It's a Coke Brothers mystery salt. It's a mystery salt with the Coke Brothers. Oh, boy. The comedy rule of fours. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows about that. I, you know what? When I put the compilation together, though... I was a little bit impressed that there are different keys. Yeah, so I was just going to say, they, I know, they like you wouldn't the know that. You're like, oh, wow, they actually play that in different keys for some reason. Who even knows why? Um, but did you notice that the levels were all over the place? I didn't yeah. fuck with that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. It's a little yeah. bit weird. I mean, well, it's good production, but it was a little bit weird how some of them were blasting. And Well, yeah, and uh, uh, also our, our friend television is Kevin Sorbo. He's only in one channel, right. and he's really quiet. Like, I, I had it playing. 
I didn't even hear it the first time. I backed up, and I'm like, oh, there's like a guy talking in the background, but it's over in the left channel, and it's a quarter of the volume. I, I don't know what they it's were hilarious. going for with that. Hilarious. Kevin Sorbo is such a weird guy. It's a, Yeah, yeah, good times. And then so our buddy the narrator steps back in. If you don't mind playing number five. Stay tuned, as not all is what it seems in this willy-nilly, topsy-turvy, silly-billy, wonky-donkey, cummy-yummy land. Then I'm lost. I mean, what what are we doing? <laughs> did he say cummy dummy land? He did. Was is that a joke? I don't know. I don't know. He what's was funny about any Chicago, of this. right? At some point, yeah. I, I don't. I I don't know. There was a lot of this I just didn't get. Okay. Do you want to keep talking about the plot? I feel like we're uh, we're teasing this. Or does it not matter? I don't think it fucking matters, okay, to be honest with you. I mean, like, when I got to the end of it, I'm like, all right, well, I pulled a bunch of individual clips, but I don't have anything that, like, gives the overarching story. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is the overarching story? It doesn't even matter. All right, well, so it's they get to Chicago, and it turns into Alice in Wonderland. Here's a clip that I have where they run into the first character, and this is a, an Alice in Wonderland thing. And it's very heavy-handed. You know exactly what their angle is going to be when you hear this. Yeah. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late for a very important day at the charter school in a reasonable distance from my house. Hi there. Where are you running off to? At the charter school in unreasonable distance from my house. I can't speak, gotta run. Why such a rush? I'm late, of course, and school will have my right ring finger if I'm late. Well, that and my route to school now runs through three rival gang territories, so if I'm not fast enough, I'm gonna get shot on my way to school. Why can't you just go to that school right there? I can't. It's closed. Gotta run. I, I mean, gotta run. Gotta run. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. So that was a little bit of a longer clip, and I left that all together because I wanted to show that they're trying to do a comedy show, but really their goal is to put across a political agenda. Yeah. So it's like charter schools equals bad. They said it twice. It's an unreasonable distance away. Why can't we just have public schools that are next door? Yeah. It's like, okay, all right, here we go. Like, And you know what, Carl, It's I'm not that I'm listening to this and... Uh, disagreeing with anything they're telling me. I mm. just don't want to be preached to in this fashion. I, I just get turned off by it so much. Yeah, well, and the, this whole thing of Chicago is is just rival gang territories and you get shot walking down the street is another of these fucking boogeyman things. Like, as you know, I spent a lot of time in Chicago the last couple of years and surprisingly never got shot at. I mean, maybe I was just in the wrong place, but... There are some pretty seedy places in the south side of Chicago. Of there are places I would definitely would not go. Of course, but there's a lot of places in our town I wouldn't go either. That you is know what I mean? very true. I've never been to a city where every place was a nice place to hang out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, you know, this this whole boogeyman thing of, oh, my God, the, you know, it, it's... <laughs> anyway, right before we get there, we take a commercial break. If you don't oh, mind yeah. hitting number six, let's talk about this first commercial break here. Let's do it. Stay tuned for a brief message from our sponsors. Are you over the age of 50, suffered a public gaffe, and are rich as dick? Then you have a place here at the Strom Thurmond Home for Wealthy Whoopsie Daisies. Now that goes on for another minute. I mercifully cut it short. And like, look, I'm all about let's fucking rip on Strom Thurmond. I know the guy's been dead for a decade, but 
you know, he was a, a, a proud racist. He actually holds the record for the longest filibuster in the Senate because he was against civil rights. Correct. And then he stayed in Congress for like four and a half, five decades after that. We all yeah. pretend it's cool. He even switched parties. He just he just kept getting reelected. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it's but, crazy. Oh, my God. And then we so we go on this long, like, song, this sing-songy thing about how if you fuck up in public, you go to the Strom Thurmond house and well, they're playing birth of a nation every day. I mean, it's specifically for old white people. Yeah. So if you're an old white businessman or an old white politician or an old white celebrity, it's like, okay, we get it. Old white yeah. people are assholes and the worst people that exist. All right. All now, right. But not everyone has a, a love of congressional history like I do. So they they, <laughs> they never explain who Strom Thurmond is or why it's important or who's going. You know what I mean? Like, it's just they throw it out there and you're just supposed to kind of go with it, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm actually OK with them not explaining who Strom Thurmond is. The problem with the show is there's too much explaining going on. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's another one that is just out of nowhere. And this would be actually a decent premise. But... At this point in the show, I'm so turned off by everything that's going on yeah. that I just wasn't ready for it. But maybe out of that context, this would be interesting. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. You know what? I should probably set this up. There you go. This is, uh, so they're doing commercials, and this is taken for Liam Neeson has Alzheimer's. Okay, all right, there we go. Oh, funny stuff. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. And what I do have are a very particular set of pills. Hmm. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. That's a decent Liam Neeson impression. Yeah. I'll give him that. It's all right. I, I got to say, that was a familiar bit. I did not dig around, but I swear uh, I've heard think, something well, like that Well, they, they did rip off South Park a lot, so that wouldn't uh, yeah, shock and, me. And I mean, you know, it, it's it's. I'm not saying they went and stole it from somewhere, but it, it didn't didn't strike me as all that original. All right. Um, if you don't mind, let's wrap up the, the commercial talk before we get back to sounds our show. Sounds good. Sounds good. Now, this was, a, this was one I thought, I liked the premise of it. I thought the execution was awful. If you don't okay. mind hitting number 12 real quick. R&B superstar and Game of Thrones author, George R.R. R. Kelly. So there's our setup, and then yep. number 13 is just a little nugget from the bed. Crucify 160 kids, slap a dragon on it, a million rapes. So yep. they go on a very extended, very poorly executed, it was almost like a Flight of the Concords-y kind of R&B oh, slow jam. Yeah, but de and, definitely not that good. Yeah. And the premise of it was, this is R. Kelly, but it's George R. R. Kelly. Right. And we start going on about how you can have, um, you know, violent castrations and crucifying kids and a million rapes and you slap a dragon on it and it's all cool. And then it goes into this bit about this guy. Oh, come on, honey. We've been watching since season one. I've never seen a fucking minute of Game of Thrones and I'm proud of that. I know a lot of people that watch it. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone that actually enjoys the show. I don't know? know anyone who understands it. No, exactly. That's it, always the conversation. Is like, what happened last night? Did, did you follow that at all? It's like, they introduce new characters every every day. And I've heard of people that watch the show with their phone in their hands so they can bring up the Wikipedia. And, <laughs> right. Okay, now who's that guy and what does he do and all this? And I mean, I know the one thing the show is famous for is just violent sexual assault. There's just fucking rape left and right. And I don't know about you, but me, late Sunday night, curling up with the old lady on the couch. It's like, you know, honey, 
It's been a long week, long weekend. Let's watch some violent sexual assault play out on the TV screen because who doesn't love that? What the fuck? I think that's the premise of the, this gag, right? Exactly, which is a good premise so you because like it. Okay. everybody's fucking going on about the show like it's some good thing and it's from everything I've heard it's fucking <laughs> horrifying I don't want to work so, that hard to watch TV and so I, I dig the premise of it but I mean you can probably tell just from the two seconds I clipped out of that it's fucking it's three minutes of just groaning yeah here, here's another man. little clip just from the George R. R. Kelly thing and you know just singing awful for the sake of singing awful is not funny yeah yeah To that beheading girl. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's boy. that's what Crows was just yelling about. Yeah. So let's head back to the plot, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, number eight is where things really pick up, and the boys buy a Ventra card, which is like the, you know, the, the card you use to get on the public transit in Chicago. Let's get on the red line. Here, scan your Ventra. Dang. I just got charged a $2.50 card activation fee alongside my $2.25 fare. Shucks, shucks, shoot, and shucks. But at least I got this gun along with it. Me too. My semi-automatic AR-15 defense rifle has an improved silencer for definitely non-premeditated self-defense. And my Boom Boom murder toy has a gun muffler so it's library quiet. Thanks, Cubic, the actual defense contractor who owns Ventra. Solid gold fact. Oh, boy. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know this about Chicago. Easiest place in the world to get guns. They just got guns fucking everywhere. You walk down they the street. They hand you a gun, they, yes. You buy a venture card, it's two fifty. They hand you a fucking gun with it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that guns are illegal in Chicago. You can't get it anywhere near Chicago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but our, our premise is that, that you, they come free with a subway token. So, right. there you go. If you don't mind, hit number nine and we'll, we'll get into more, more humor. I knew Chicago was a melting pot, but this is a real fond don't. A poo stew. A goop poop soup. A gooey pooey ratatouille. A jumbo combo gumbo. Oof. More combo. Now, saying 17 things that aren't funny doesn't make it funny. Yeah. That seems to be what their their approach to comedy is. Yeah. Like, okay, we don't we don't have a funny line, but let's just do 12 lines that aren't funny. Yeah. Well, it's it's what I was saying before about they're trying really hard. <laughs> they are trying like somebody really sat hard. down and wrote a bunch of shit that rhymed for them to put in there. You're right. But they weren't trying hard enough cuz it was not fucking funny at all. No one would find this funny or interesting. And I'm well, except for this guy who wrote to us, yeah. uh, Andrew. Yeah, the listener we just lost. <laughs> right, exactly. I I just it's surprising to me that something like this with this much production, it must take them a long time to put these together. Oh, I can't imagine. And nobody is raising their hand and going, guys, you want to take another shot at that one? Uh, that yeah. doesn't, I feel like we could do better. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I feel yeah. like we could improve that joke a little bit. That joke's a three. Maybe we could get it to a four. Right. A four and a half, guys. Come on. So this is the dramatic portion, and it also shows off the accent quality of our voice talent. This is number 10, the shootout. Use our secret weapons. Guns. been hit. Oh no, Darby, my brother. I feel so cold. So these are Saudi Arabian business people, conspiracy people, whatever, with thick Italian accents. Yeah, that doesn't sound like Middle Eastern at all. Yeah, it was, it, it sounded like the guy from the Simpsons, you know? Yeah, exactly. Luigi making the pizza. Why you gotta make it the fun? Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. 
there's another thing that's that's going on throughout this show, and I mentioned the uh, the comedy rule of fours before. These guys do not understand the comedy rule of three. They do something, and then they do it, and then they do it, and then uh-huh. they do it, and then they do it, and then they do it. And it's just not a good way to go about it because if it doesn't land, doing it many, many times is not going to make it better. Yeah. I see that you have a clip named Dire Straits. I do. I have one, too. I Hopefully it's uh, not shitting on yours too much. But this is an ongoing thing that makes zero sense. Shoehorned in. And I have compiled every time they make a Dire Straits joke. Yes, I call this, this, this was the running gag. I call show. this a Dire Straits gag. Use our money for nothing and our chicks for free. That's the way you do it. We could still find ourselves in dire straits. That's the way you do it. The Sultans of Swing. That's the way you do it. They find themselves in dire straits. That's the way you do it. They always put me in such dire straits. That's the way you do it. We need him to install those microwave ovens and custom kitchen deliveries. We've got to move those refrigerators. We've We've got got to move those color TVs. Count it. That is a lot of times to make a Dire Straits reference. Holy shit. Well, I'll tell you what, Carl. In 1986, that would have been some funny-ass shit, man. That's what I was thinking, too. Who's the audience for this? Dire Straits is not a relevant band. Not a name you hear very often. And I, I love Dire Straits. Likewise. And I didn't understand the premise behind that, because people don't actually say we're in Dire Straits all that often. Correct. That's not really vernacular in this day and age that people use. So the fact that they had to shoehorn that in and then just play that one little riff over and over again from yeah. the song didn't add anything to it, didn't make the show funny. I didn't understand it at all. Yeah, it was just a weirdly, weirdly dated reference. I mean, Holy that's a... fucking shit! Yes, thank you. <laughs> that... Thanks for clipping that ISO. <laughs> that was my ISO. I figure out of the show, that's the one thing you can use. You yes, know what I mean? I agree with you on that. Um, so... What happens in this show is they discover that uh, Rahm Emanuel is a corrupt politician. Shocking! I know! Holy who shit. Would, who would have thunk it? Who possibly could have imagined? And it's so bizarre to me. I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish with this. This show was actually made in Chicago. Yeah. So I don't know if all of their episodes are about Chicago politicians. Yeah, there was a lot of kind works. of... Inside baseball, you know what I mean? Yes. Like talking about the L train and the Ventra card. Yes. But in such a way that they didn't, I don't know if everybody could pick it up with context clues or whatever. Like they started making a joke about, oh, here's the L train. It's the Spanish L train. It's the LL. And yeah. If you don't know that it's the elevated train and they shorten it with the letter L or EL, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was a little lost on that. And I'm like, okay, so this is. So this is uh, the Spanish people. Okay, uh, so this is, they're they're upset because there's going to be minorities on the train. I, yeah, I was a little bit lost on that whole thing. And it, you know, if the L train's part of your vernacular, if you ride it every day, yes. okay. But it, you know, to somebody not from Chicago, I don't know <laughs> that it made a whole lot of sense. I mean, I only got one other clip. This is uh, actually from a future episode. If you know my hit number fourteen, you following? Not at all in the slightest. No. In that case, we're still doing a better job than the majority of our episodes. And then I'm with. Oh, wow. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the one thing I'm I'm with them on. Like, yeah, we don't make any fucking sense at all. They, the problem is, is that they it, it doesn't make any sense. It's trying to be like this over-the-top, goofy, cartoony type of thing. 
which I'm okay with, except for when they shoehorn in all of the political agenda. And, you know, when any time that you're like, this is a fact that you should know, dummy, and this is how this works. And, th- and it's like, I just tune out. Yeah. Because anytime you're giving somebody facts, you're cherry picking which facts you want to give them. Certainly, yeah. You can make any politician se- seem like an asshole by pointing out things that, because listen, I'm not a huge fan of politics in general. Imagine that. These people are corrupt. And yes, we could easily pick apart anyone who's in office. Not a problem. So, this whole premise of the show that is very daily show we're just gonna put some sugar on this pill and have you swallow it um is obnoxious it's 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 talking down to people yeah um so the the lifespan of this show let's talk about that if you don't mind so they did i don't know 14 15 episodes with this entire scripted coke brothers mystery amphibious tank this whole fucking thing okay and then a couple months before the election the 2016 election they like switch formats. Oh, and I, I I listened to one of these. I I I couldn't find anything to clip because it was fucking god awful. I mean, it was it was bad. Okay. Um, if you think this was ham handed political satire, this stuff. Maybe was that's gross. why Andrew said to check out one of the early ones. Yeah. So they switch over to every week. We're going to talk about uh, a different swing state coming up in the election and how the Koch brothers have nothing to fucking do with it. I mean, it. it well, it's what's funny to me is that. There's this underlying uh, uh, feeling within politics that the more money you have, the better chance you have to get elected. Sure. And except it didn't happen. It's, 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 yeah, except for it's, <laughs> it's, 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 never, it's not true at all. It doesn't correlate because <clears throat> TV commercials do not equal people voting for you. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason you think, well, if there's a bunch of TV commercials, then that person's going to win. It's just not the case. Absolutely, absolutely. And so when they switch these formats and and they start going on, they have a thing called the Alt-Right Review, where they okay. have this over-the-top female announcer who's calling everybody cucks and betas and shit. Oh, weird. And it's just obnoxious. Like, it's not good satire. It's not funny at all. They end a week before the 2016 election. And the very last thing you hear is, we're going to be back next year with a brand new season. Okay. And I can't imagine what happened in that writer's room <laughs> the night of the election because they never came back. That's you know? funny. And it's not like we're, we don't have much to make fun of in the political world anymore. I mean, if anything, it's gotten grosser and sicker. But, yeah, I, I, I would love to know what happened. They had all their shit ready to go for a new season, and then mysteriously, like some weird time capsule that just got buried and they never surfaced again. Well, not, it's funny because I'm crying I've noticed that there's a lot of comedians who I used to like who have become unfunny. Oh, goodness. Now that Trump has been elected. Oh, because man. Because they're just angry. And they've forgotten how to, to turn that anger into humor like they used to. Yeah. And, you know, these guys weren't funny to begin with. Yeah. So this actually probably could have uh, worked out well after the Trump election. Yeah. I, I wrote down this note over here. As I'm listening to the show and listening to these guys voice act and do these over-the-top unfunny bits... I'm picturing them cracking each other up. Yeah. I can't imagine what the outtake reel would be like. You know, oh, say, we're the Coke brothers. Ha <laughs> Amphibious. <laughs> oh, they're going to love this. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine these assholes. And the writer, I, I didn't realize there were a bunch of writers. The yeah, writer, writer room. Holy shit. These guys must think they're fucking nonstop hilarity. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I did not uh, pursue any of the history beyond the one episode that I listened to. And uh, it was garbage. Yeah. 
Jeez, Carl, do your research. What the hell? I know. What am I doing? I was trying to step was, up because normally you're like, oh, yeah, didn't you read the reviews? I, uh, I was out research. No. This is the first. <laughs> I love it. Um, the last time, Crows, you were on our show, we did the Adam Carolla show. Ah, yes. Good times. And uh, the subreddit picked up on it, and we got uh, a lot of people listening to the show from that and commenting. And I have to tell you, we've been picked up by three subreddits now. Mm. And that one completely agreed with us. <laughs> and, you know, it was amazing because we shit all over the Adam Carolla show, the subreddits for his fans. Yeah. You would think they'd be like, who are these fucking assholes? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. said the comments were overwhelmingly like, someone should make Adam Carolla listen to this podcast <laughs> and explain himself. It was, it was great. Yeah. So that was, that was awesome. The last time we got picked up by a subreddit was when we did the dick show. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, we had Vinny Paulino in here, and we we reviewed the Dick Show, and this this show had a, a whole long history that we weren't really familiar with. Yeah, and they weren't thrilled with our review of that. We got yeah. shit on pretty hard by their subreddit. So, anyway, the reason why I bring this up is because everyone who listened to our review of that said you have to go back and listen to the show where the Dick Show came out of. Oh, the biggest problem in the universe. And that's a show with Dick Masterson and Maddox. And I've been going back through the back catalog and listening to those shows. Oh, boy. I enjoy it a lot. It's a, it's a good podcast. Um, there was a clip that I just heard the other day that I had to pull out and play for you specifically, Croge. Oh, boy. Croge and I are uh, in the Isotopes together. We've been uh, playing in bands together for a long time. And you're the person who told me probably 15 years ago the thing that you hate most about playing music. Do you remember what that thing is? Uh, I think musicians. So here's a clip from Dick Masterson that I think you'll enjoy. That's the, Sean and I used to play out a lot as a band. Yeah. And the worst part of it, it wasn't that no one would come see our shows. It wasn't that it makes no money. It wasn't lugging all the equipment around. It was talking to musicians. Because yeah. they're all horrible. Yeah. Like this guy. <laughs> they stole my bit. They stole it's, my bit. I was, I was like, holy shit, Croach has been telling me that for 15 years. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, my goodness. And the reason why this came about is because this guy wrote this uh, punk song and uh, where he shits on Maddox. And he, and he goes, guys, if you want to play this at home, it's C, G, A minor, F. <laughs> that, that's the chord progression. And this guy writes in and he's like, oh, technically those are power chords, so it's a C5. There are no major minors. He's like, see, this is, this is why we can't have nice things because the fucking shitheads like this. The, I'm, I'm amazed are the worst people. I'm amazed they found a musician that was able to type. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I might have been a voicemail. I, I led a blues band for years, and I used uh, Craigslist to find people. I would get fucking emails in all caps with no punctuation. Me play drums, <laughs> like seriously, dude, like third grade level shit. From 50-year-old guys, you know? Yeah, well, drummers. Well, I mean, yeah. That's we were talking about musicians, case. and now you're talking about drummers. Well, you know, it's a subclass. <laughs> it's a subgenre of musicians. It's sub. Um, all right, well, this has been... Uh, I, I wouldn't say this has been a lot of fun. I usually say that. But today, I'm just going to say, um, God damn it, this podcast, not good. Yeah. But there's good news, and that is that we are at the point of the show that everybody loves. Everybody. What part is that? That's right. It is time for next week's teaser. And this is the part of the show that everybody continues to write to me and tell me is their favorite segment. 
Um, Crow, are you familiar with this part of the show? You know, I'm usually I usually fall asleep in a puddle of drool by the time you get to this part <laughs> at WATP. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll, I'll tell you about it. So this is the part of the show where we play a clip from the podcast that we'll be reviewing next week. So you listen to our show today and you went, oh my God, what are these guys talking about the Koch brothers all fucking day and talking about the Koch brothers mystery show? It's like, no. We actually almost never do. Yeah. Only this one time. It's a rare occasion. It's a very rare occasion because it's only been one time that we've ever talked about the Koch Brothers Mystery Show. We're not going to do that next week. I'm oh. not going to bring it up. We're not going to talk about it. It's We're going to talk about a whole different podcast. Wild. What concept? So here's what we do, though. We give people a tease of what that podcast that we'll be reviewing is. Wow. You sure I'm ready for this? I don't know that anyone's ready for this. <laughs> I mean, this is gonna be this is gonna be mind blowing shit because you're gonna hear this. You're gonna go, "Oh my god, I want to hear this WATP episode right now." Yeah, but I can't, you can't. Yeah, I can't believe I spent an hour listening to this bullshit. Unless, but next week, unless you're in the future, <laughs> if you're in the future, yeah, go ahead. You can just skip to the next episode. But if you're not, guess what? You got to wait another week mm. to hear this shit. I know it's it's incredible. I'll be on pins and needles, Carl. All right, so uh, here's a clip from the podcast we'll be reviewing next week. What's up, everybody? You're watching Dan Carlin's Hard R History. <laughs> Today's episode, the N-word. <laughs> Follow it, a part of our 37-part series on America's favorite word. I'm Dan Carlin, not to be confused with George Carlin, who I'm of a very similar, I don't know anything about Dan Carlin, other than he has a show called... Hardcore, Hardcore history. history. What's that about? The history of people getting fucked getting on fucked camera? Getting fucked on camera. Yeah. Dick and pussy on camera. Yeah. Not just Zoom. getting fucked. You see the dick yeah. in the pussy. And then Mark Twain was the first person to actually zoom in on the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> just getting fucking railed out. All right. This wow. is a podcast called Come Town. Oh, my God. This was sent in by Brandon. Uh, one of our listeners wanted us to review this show. We're going to be listening to episode 75. The Voice of the Left is the name of the episode. It's from October 25th, 2017. Let me read you the description of this specific episode. Oh my God, please do. Holy this fuck. This is what it sounds like, retarded guy voice, duh, I'm the left, lol. I go poo-poo and pee-pee, lol. That's the description of That's the show? That's the description of the, of the show, and I wrote it down exactly the way that it's written on there. You can see that they spell what incorrectly... Their punctuation is all over the place. This is how they actually put it out there for people to find and listen to. So I totally expected this reaction from you. You're like, whoa, what are we even doing? Why would we even listen to the show? It's just like teenagers saying naughty words and, and laughing at each other. You ready for this? This podcast has 456 five star reviews on iTunes. You gotta be fucking 456 five star reviews. In comparison, WATP, this show that you just listened to, 24. 24 five-star reviews. And I'm like six of those. And and you're six of those. Yeah. I've created 17 accounts. We actually uh, just got a five-star review from AZ Mountain Man, and uh, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for thanks for putting that through. But yeah, this is unbelievable to me because I, I listen to the show and I'll check out anything that people suggest to us. Yeah. And uh, I started listening to this and I was like, oh, this is just garbage. But then when I saw that they have a bunch of people listening to it, I'm not sure why. We got to we got to figure it out. We got wow. a lot. We got a lot to figure out on this one. This yeah. is bizarre. Did you hear how much they were just cracking each other? Up? By the way, I didn't even mention this. That's how the show starts. Yeah. That was 
out of the gate, exactly how the show starts. The guy had a couple of things he wanted to say. Oh, it's a Dan Carlin rated R. And then right from there, he lost it. He's like, it's not George Carlin. Yeah. It's Dan Carlin. And And he's got the guy behind him repeating everything. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, holy shit. It's an hour long show. And out of the gate, you don't know what you're going to say. So, I don't know. Maybe it gets better. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Holy shit. (laughs) You know, I used to do a show with Kevin and we'd listen to the teaser and we'd be like, fuck, we got to listen to that. Now... I always have a different guest host every week, so that everybody's just like, oh, good, yeah, you fucking did yeah, that right. shit. I'm not listening to that garbage. Like, fuck, fuck me, man. I want, <laughs> I want, you know, some solidarity in this and be like, oh, all right, well, we'll do it. No, you're just like, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. You, you go for it. I'd rather listen to you listen to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, we listen so that you don't have to. Indeed. That's exactly right. So please join us again next week because it might be the episode where we find out once and for all who are these podcasts. Sleep well, every pony. Parting in the mush pits of morning radio. And now the show is over now. You know, who are these podcasts? I don't know. I don't get it. Makes no sense.